0: I'm Laura from Catalyst Inc. Connect. Welcome to another episode of Succeed in Business. Springboard, Northern Ireland's most powerful, personalised accelerator programme, shares everything you need to know and didn't know you didn't know.
1: Everything you need to know to establish, grow, and scale your business successfully. Springboard, accelerating innovation through
0: experience. Today's episode recorded at the Innovation Centre in Catalyst Inc. Belfast is titled So Exactly What is Marketing? And John and I are chatting with Guy Bucknell, entrepreneur in residence at Catalyst Inc. and marketing guru with a broad range of experience from early stage to Fitzy 100.
2: Guy, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: So we're going to chat today about marketing. If I go down into Royal Avenue in the center of Belfast and ask, what do you think about marketing? They say, I saw a really good ad on ITV or saw mm-hmm. a great ad in the newspaper on Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that's where it stops us. Marketing is a huge amount more than that. It's really the essence of what makes a company work. There's a great quote from Peter Drucker. When you ask him what marketing is, the business enterprise has two and only two basic functions marketing and innovation marketing and innovation produce results all the rest are just costs marketing is the distinguishing unique function of the business
2: would i agree with that would you agree with that <laughs> i would agree with some of it yes um, certainly marketing is the distinguishing unique function of the business. Laura's been
1: doing a little bit of research as well. Oh, has she? Uh, Yeah, so she's come up with two other definitions. (laughs) (laughs) They may be better. (laughs) What have you got, Laura?
0: The basic definition of marketing found in the business dictionary is, marketing is the process through which goods and services move from concept to customer. Another definition, this time from the American Marketing Association, defines marketing as a premier component of business management.
2: Yeah, I would actually agree with both of those. Where the business dictionary says the process through which goods and services move from concept to customer, um, again is not the whole picture. But uh, but yes, yeah. I, I I would see that. Um, and the with the American Marketing Association is saying a premier component of business management. I think I think the, what you were alluding to at the start there, John, was in fact, marketing is not just about advertising and promotion marketing is about if you consider it almost so if you go down to St George's market if we're going to use the Belfast example that you go down there and you set up, set up your stall um, and when you set up your stall and you lay out all the goods that the secondhand books or whatever it is that you're selling if nobody wants to buy them then you brought the wrong gear Okay, so marketing is not just about having waving a big sign and sending well dressed people around the place saying, "Go, oh, come and buy our stuff at this stall." It's actually having to have the right gear to the right place in the first place. So we could go into the the five Ps and all that sort of stuff of product placement, price. Seven, seven, seven Ps. P's right. Is it all oh, right? Okay, <laughs> I thought it was seven Ms or something. anyway, but you know what I mean. So it is if you're if the product isn't correct then there's no point in doing the promotional side. So you have to be looking at uh, the the product.
1: For the benefit of our audience let's talk through some of the concepts which manifest themselves in that much bigger yeah. uh, definition of marketing. One of the little phrases that comes up a lot is the customer journey.
2: Mm-hmm. What exactly is the customer journey? The customer journey is my bible. <laughs> <laughs> a quick definition of the customer journey is Um, Understanding uh, a particular customer, say his name is John, for example, um, and uh, what you want to know is what John absolutely has to do before he actually makes a a purchase from you and then what happens to him and uh, you after he's made that purchase for you. So for example, he needs to become aware of you and he then needs to be stimulated to to uh, take more action and finding out more about you. Then the next stage in his customer journey is when he does the research on, on, on you and your business and all that sort of stuff and decides whether they're going to do it. Then he might make a decision to take some action, whether that be to buy something or to contact you or give you your email address or something along those lines. And then the next thing has happened is then what experience did he have whilst he was doing that? Did he get, did John get the experience that he expected? Did he get the goods that he expected? Did they last as long as he expected? Did he get good after sales care? And the final part of the customer journey is then what did John say about about you and your product? Did he have a good experience or did he have a bad experience? Now, that sounds very easy, and it is really easy. It's a very easy concept. And in fact, if you want to do a little bit more research on it, if you go to YouTube and search for Google Z M O T zero moment of truth. There's a fantastic little video there. It's only about one minute forty three seconds that will talk you through these four or five stages. Now what I tend to do with my with my clients etc is take that customer journey and then apply it to the whole business. So where it's say uh, the, the when you're talking about advertising, that would be the stimulus awareness phase etc. You know that John or whoever customer is, is going to do research on you, so you know that he's probably going to go online, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you look at that part of the customer journey, you know that he wants to make a decision or you want them to make a decision, and then you know they're going to the second moment of truth. Now, just to go back to what we were saying beforehand, the second moment of truth is quite often the bit that is forgotten. And that is quite often what your product actually is. And that second moment of truth is, did I get what I expected? So quite often when I'm helping businesses that we will look at their product manufacture and how they do that true and we put that in the context of the second moment of truth did the customer get what they were looking for? short question long answer hope that helped I think we're
1: beginning to see the big picture and put things in, in, in context <laughs> talking about big big things the other thing that always comes up and, yeah. and this is very prevalent Laura you know yep. what they always ask
0: yes what is the big problem how do you discover this
2: Usually, actually, most people I've come across in this situation is they've tripped over it. They discovered, oh, do you know what, actually, that I, I, I don't know where I'm going to go out tonight. Um, so how do I, you know, maybe, how, maybe, is there not an app to do that? Oh, if there isn't an app to do that, then maybe I, I do this. Um, uh, other ones that are certainly particularly successful in this part of the world are when um, people have uh, had new children. And mm-hmm. um, that they didn't have a, a, a you know, an inflatable car seat or whatever. I mean, that just came out of personal experience of what was required. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's usually where the big problem the, the, to discover the big problem. If you haven't discovered that problem, don't try and make one up, because making one up doesn't mean that there is a problem there in the first place. So
1: that's the key, and this is all part of the the marketing process that we're mm-hmm. talking about. So i have i think i've got this big problem yeah how do i make sure that it's not just me that has this big problem that there's what i would call an opportunity out there so how do how do i validate that big problem that everybody else has got the same problem and not only that mm-hmm. but they actually have a desire to resolve the problem yeah
2: and, uh, how much are they willing to pay for it how much is that uh, solving that uh, worth to them there's a number of ways you can do it. you can ask all your friends And uh, you could then sort of start doing some sort of research into how many people like that are likely to be out there. Another really nice little way of doing it is what people call the fake door test where you would create a little ad online through AdWords with a dummy landing page, etc. And saying, basically, the ad says, would you like to buy this product ad? And you see how many people click on it. Now, it's a little bit more expensive because you have to pay for each of the clicks, etc. But it's another nice way of testing is that the market is there. The the, the only way to really test whether you've got uh, an answer to this sort of problem is to produce something that reflects that need. Proof of concept. And minimum viable products are absolutely key.
0: Moving on to the value proposition, and what does this mean? <laughs> How do you define this?
2: These are all lovely big marketing words, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, they're all, all the those... The buzzwords. The buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, there's another word that begins with B that you might use for them as
0: well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is the value proposition? It's, on, it's under nine ladders, so we don't use that one. <laughs> Doesn't make it sound important enough, does it? <laughs> The value proposition is say our potential customer John comes along and what I'm saying you would really like this widget because it fixes this problem for you. The value to you as a customer is the problem that I'm going to fix with this with this good or service, all right? And it's a proposition of saying this is why you would value doing business with me. If I as a customer give you 10 pounds, is my 10 pounds going to be worth it? Am I going to get 10 pounds worth of value? Mm-hmm. I'm, Back. Would you agree with that, John?
1: I, I, w- I would agree with that. I guess I, I like to define that value proposition as the, the size of the dissatisfaction Ooh. a potential customer has in resolving that problem. So if I've got a problem but you can know you? I'm not. I'm not I'm, yeah it's okay it's not it's not really bugging me if I've got another problem which is really bugging me yeah. I really need that resolved and yeah. that's much higher value than one one which isn't yes. so if I can find those problems which the customers have or potential customers have really yeah. uh, a dissatisfaction level with and that's the big opportunity that's where you can add most value and that's where you can charge more money yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's
2: determining the, the value and then the brand, they'd be summing that up would be the proposition I presume yeah
1: okay so let's go back to St George's Market, you know, right? right? Okay. Uh, and if anybody's listening in the US, they really yeah. don't to St George's Market. It's a market, market stall, but they yeah. should come to visit it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Come
2: to Belfast; it's fantastic. Positioning. Place. Yeah. What about positioning? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's that all about? Uh positioning. Positioning for me is where does my position, where does my product or service sit against everybody else's? So, say I'm selling cars. We've got a Ford Fiesta and i have my volkswagen polo okay so those two those two products are are roughly that they're peed into the same market they're bought in the same place they do the same thing okay so they're positioned roughly the same and they're roughly the same price okay and then i might then have my high-end bm7 series bmw is going to be positioned differently from my ford fiesta it's all very well when you have multinationals and huge amounts of money. And I have got into huge positioning exercises in the past for the likes of British Airways and Mars UK and stuff like that. But actually for a smaller business, if you have understood your value proposition properly and you understand your customer properly and done your customer journey, then I would be far more interested in going out and just setting out my own position rather than looking and setting out my own product and my own messaging rather than worrying about where I am in relation to everybody else.
1: I think that's absolutely correct. So I I think that positioning is more about the messaging than where you sit against the competitor. And I would always say, you know, if you can identify the big problems, not forget about the competitor, be aware of the competitor, but really sell your product the way that you need to sell it, the way that makes sense for you to sell it and to your customers. Be aware of the competition, but don't, positioning yourself against the competition
2: uh, absolutely uh, um, and in your positioning but don't forget it's not just about the marketing it's about the product that you produce as well you may well identify that in fact actually what's really required is a Ford Fiesta with an extra large tow bar and so that that's what you then produce um, but yeah no absolutely and it's not just a, a promotional or a communication issue it's about the whole the whole product I like to
1: look at the positioning thing, is it what I would call framing the market? So yep. you think of a big picture frame and you're looking yep. at your product through the frame. Do you want it to look like a Picasso or do you want it to look like a constable or they could be very similar products. It's the messaging.
2: Absolutely. it's They're both pictures. <laughs> they just look slightly different. Slightly yes. different. Next big
1: marketing buzzword. Well, not so much a marketing buzzword, but the, uh, the the essence of what most people think of marketing is at the end of the day, not what it should be which is
0: generating interest
2: yes it's generating interest <laughs> marketing it's part of marketing you know when we were talking about a customer journey earlier on and we i said actually there's five stages there's the first stage of the stimulation and awareness phase and then there's the next yes. phase where people are doing the research and then there's the first mm-hmm. moment of truth where they actually take some action okay it's your generating interest is largely in that top area where you're creating awareness and saying hey hey you you over there yes you's watching me I have something that you might like, and you can do that in a number of ways. In today's world, it's very um, popular to say you must be doing Facebook, or you must be doing Twitter, or you must be doing Instagram, etc. Yes, they are one way of doing it, but if you've done your research on your or your analysis on your customer journey properly, you may well find that in fact word of mouth is going to be your best form of generating interest, which will usually reflect in Facebook, etc. But I have. Uh, a very successful client in this part of the world, in Northern Ireland, who does all their trade for the south of England. And uh, actually, one of the quickest ways we did was good old door drop leaflets. So, generating interest is not necessarily about spending huge amounts of money on advertising um, or getting stuck into doing lots of social media content creation, etc. It is making sure that you get the right message to the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. On that, the other thing to notice about that is. Your messaging, when you're generating interest, will be different from your messaging when people have received that communication and are then doing their research on you. So, for example, if I'm selling pizza or pizza kits that I'm going to make at home, my initial uh, uh, messaging as the brand would be, hey, we have wonderful pizzas. You can have wonderful pizzas tonight. Okay? And they go, okay, I might have wonderful pizzas tonight. But when they get into doing the research... Um, Their needs are, will it taste good? How much is it gonna cost, Etc. At which point your messaging has to change as well. So generating interest is not just about shouting loudest, but getting the right message in the right medium to the right people at the right time.
1: The next subject, sales, is important. Without sales,
2: uh, nothing exists. I remember once uh, in the business of which I was the MD, uh, of my board saying, how come nearly 50% of our turnover goes in sales and sales commissions. Um, How can you justify that? And I could justify it very easily and the fact that my sales director got paid about 50% more than me, the managing director did, was because without the sales, we didn't have a business. So sales is extraordinarily important, but it also comes down to if your product isn't correct, then the sales won't follow. If your promotion isn't right, then the sales won't follow either. But you can do all the promotion, you like you can have the best product there, but if you don't have the sales, none of it happens.
1: We probably will spend a whole podcast just on sales. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it is a yeah. it's a very important subject. It's about building empathy. It's not about pushing the product. It's about matching the product with the
2: right customer. Absolutely, and the, and the customer wanting it before they ever come anywhere near you. Right, and that's the marketer's job. The marketer's job is to is to line up essentially line up customers that are well matched. That want this product before the sales guy even touches them. Get your marketing right; you'd be far better in most cases making sure that people are attracted into the funnel first.
1: If you can use the analogy when to a used car sales yep. lot, you would get a salesperson coming out and spending twenty minutes talking at you. Absolutely. At about all of the features and benefits of this particular car, which you actually Absolutely. probably no interest in the first place, and then yep. going into all the discounts you could get to buy the car. Yeah. And if you actually purchased it about five minutes after you'd driven out of the parking lot, you're saying, I was just scammed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You go into, uh, you mentioned BMW dealer before, Mm -hmm. and you sit down, and the first question they ask you is, what do you want out of this car? Mm -hmm. So it's about questioning, it's about understanding the customer first, and then saying, well, actually, here's a particular car uh, that actually suits your need. Or even, because it's all about trusting, you know, we don't have any products at the
2: moment that suit your need. Sure, it's even better from a marketer's point of view. When the guy walks into the car lot, and the and the salesman runs over and says, "How can I help you?" He says, "I came to I came to buy that car over there. That's the one that I want." Uh, he goes, "All he has to do is then take the order." And and with the beauty of digital marketing is that in fact, if you do it correctly, when somebody lands on your website, you have the product already, the specific product they're looking for already lined up in front of them. So the sales process then becomes very very easy because they have made up their mind before they come in what they want to buy and that's exactly what you've given them
1: we didn't mention a very short word yes so far brand oh and, and this is where this yeah, yeah. it's really important the <laughs> absolute no trust yes so if absolutely. i don't trust that car salesperson or the, the, the company behind
2: it, I'm not going to go there in the first place. Absolutely, absolutely. And bra- that brand also then comes out into that whole second moment of truth, did I get what I I what I expected?
0: So now we've touched on all the buzzwords around marketing, let's look at product management.
2: We've probably also sort of slightly touched on that already when we were talking about mm-hmm. that second moment of truth and did they get what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also making sure that you have a product that matches the target audience yeah. that you're talking to, all right? And so, when you're talking about large manufacturing businesses, you you, you might well be talking about huge production processes that you take years to, to plan out beforehand, and so therefore, the marketing has to be involved right at the start. And talking about cars, about car manufacturing, mm-hmm. exactly the same. The marketing of that product has to be integral into the management of that product. You've got to understand how you're going to get your customers in the first place mm-hmm. and then back, Will they, are your customers going to want this? So so product management is, is absolutely core to what you're going to be doing in the marketing sense. I think
1: mm-hmm. product management and marketing are nearly interchangeable if you think about it. So the product yeah. manager needs to, without anybody actually reporting directly to them as, yeah. as their line manager, needs to manage all of the different aspects of marketing that we just talked about absolutely so from product concept right through to delivery as well as being able to manage the profitability
2: a very good example of that is if you if you go and work with major uh, major businesses such as Unilever or Reckon Ben Ben Kaiser and those sort of guys that in fact actually the product manager is king and they sit in the middle of the whole thing um, as you say and they they work everything from from production right through to, to advertising and sales and marketing
1: I think we've already touched a little bit about this but I think it's because it's so important um, and it's again it's back to a little bit of a buzzword user experience
2: yes um, user experience again it comes back to that the funny thing is that we are here talking about marketing and I keep talking about that second moment of truth and that second moment of truth is did they get what they expected to and, and this is particularly important in this in this digital day and age because if they didn't get what they were asked what they were expecting then uh, when it gets to that ultimate moment of truth of what they're going to tell their friends, funny enough, it's going to be a negative thing that they say. If John says, don't buy those trousers, then I'm definitely not even going to think about it. So the first thing is, is that when he says yes, oh, you should buy those. I, ha- as I, as the brand, have not had to pay for that recommendation. And as likely, there's a 50-50 chance that I'll get a sale out of it. I didn't have to pay a dime for it. Okay, the expensive bit is the promotion, the advertising, the marketing bit. The other thing is, is that when people talk about your brand, etc., they want to get what's called social proof. John actually subconsciously will feel better if he says, oh, guy, you should buy that pair of trousers because I got them and they're great. That actually makes John feel better, all right? But John is not going to risk making that recommendation if he thinks he's not entirely sure that I'm gonna get the same experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's actually easier for John to say something negative so that I don't buy it, that, so that um, he still gets that sort of social proof of, of having given me good advice, uh-huh, but without me ever actually having to test it. So it is, it is actually much easier to say bad things about a brand online or anywhere else than it is to say good things about a brand. Why does that? Why is that the user experience so important? Because if you want people to say those good things and get all that free advertising and that free brand promotion, etc., then you've got to give them a good user experience. Did they enjoy the, enjoy the experience of both the product, and the experience with your business.
1: Let's finish there. Okay. Thank you, Guy, for your time. My absolute pleasure. I think it's been uh, tremendously valuable. We've touched on on a huge subject. I think this is food for quite a number of podcasts to come. The only thing
2: I would say is every time we have somebody come onto this program, marketing is the last thing that they have thought about and it should actually be probably the first.
0: I agree. (laughs) Thanks, Guy. Please get in touch with us via Twitter or Facebook at CI Connect to give us your feedback on today's podcast all linked below. I look forward to catching up with you all on our next episode. Thanks for listening.